you either pass all of those prices on to the consumer, which which a lot of people have had to do, or you know you have to be a little bit smarter with your menu and smarter with your ordering. Um, you know you have to be portion sizing has to be a lot more accurate. So it's harder it's harder than ever. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Last time we spoke to Corey Costello, he was in the thick of an intense four-month lockdown and we discussed the pros and cons of introducing a green card for vaccinated people. With the majority of Australians now vaccinated, things are looking a bit different, but so is life and career for Corey. Corey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm over, I'm over in Perth at the moment, so the sun's just coming up. Um, watching it sort of uh, form its beautiful... Uh, Beautiful morning glow. Well, you know, there was a time, I think last time we spoke, who we weren't able to travel to Perth. Things have changed so much. How different are things now compared to when we caught up with you last year? Oh, well, I mean, you know, the, the hospitality industry has bounced back. It's, um, you know, everyone I speak to is telling me that their venues are busier than ever and, um, you know, the, the people are, are very happy to be out and going to restaurants and, and pubs and, and bars again. Um, but the old, uh, the issue now is just the, the staff, I guess. People can't, um, the hospitality industry faced a lot of issues with staffing and, you know, the, the particularly in Victoria, people didn't, you know, it was a long time to be out of work and, and, and the government did a great job of, of having that job keeper. But if you're an older person, you know, that really wasn't going to pay your mortgage or, you know, your school fees for kids or um, – so it was – we lost a lot of people, very good people um, in the industry in, in, in that state in particular. But all around, people were just fed up with it and over it. So we lost those people. And then we also lost uh, a lot of people from the overseas market. Um, if you were here on a visa, it didn't it, – you didn't qualify for any of those benefits from the government. So – Unless you had some some pretty hefty savings, you were heading home. So yeah, I mean it's a, it's a common story. Everyone knows it now. It's it's been talked about in hospitals. So. A, lot, a lot's changed for you during since this that time as well. You were executive chef at Rockpool Bar and Grill in in Sydney, but your role now encompasses so much more. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing? Yeah, well, I, I've always for the last couple of years, I've I've been in charge of Rockpool in, in Perth and and Melbourne as well, but. With, with not being able to travel and the restaurants not really being open too much, um, it was it was a hard role to to, to do um, because it's it's very difficult to taste food in a Zoom meeting. Um, so so uh, yeah, uh, but if, if, since then I've now now um, Hunter Street Hospitality is what we we call the the company um, and, and, you know, it involves me looking after the Saki restaurants we have a little bit as well. So, um, and working very closely now with, with Andy Evans from Spice Temple, which is awesome because now it just means I get to eat heaps more Spice Temple food. Um, not that I didn't eat a lot before, but um, now, I, now I can eat even more. So it's not good for love handles once again, but it's, it's good. Your role has you travelling quite a bit and not not as much in the kitchen as you were previously. Was it a hard call to make to sort of change that balance? Yeah, it is. And, you, you, I, you know, I, I really miss being in the kitchen 
as much and I try and sort of jump in there when I can at a particular bar and grill in Sydney. I'll, I'll you know, pretty much get in Santi's, the head chef's way a lot down there. It tells me I'm old and slow and to get out pretty much. Um, but it's, um, yeah, you know, you, you do miss it. Um, we, we did a, um, in Perth, we did a, a great function with, um, uh, Brendan, the head chef of Perth and Brendan Pratt from, um, Vas Felix. Um, and it was good, um, you know, jumping back in with the kitchen crew and being part of that team and not sitting in front of a computer, um, you know, and helping plate up food. So it was, it was, um, it was good to get back into the thick of it there. Um, had a, had a ball. Well, that's a sign of the sort of moving forward, isn't it? The amount of events and, that are that are taking place now, and you know, you're in Perth, which is experiencing what many in the eastern states had experienced, you know, last year in regards to the pandemic. But you had a great event. Tell us a bit about the event and you know what you were able to showcase. Yeah, well, it was we, we called them B one and B two because both both named Brendan. Um, yeah, so it, it was Vast Felix launching their, one of their. Um, their wines, um, their, their cab sav, um, their cab sav Malbec, I think it was the, the, the one that's their sort of premium wine. Um, yeah, so it was really about, it was, it, it was about the wine, but all, all the dishes had to sort of match up to the wine, um, perfectly. So there was lots of meetings and a few tastings and matching all the different, um, elements of the dish that weren't going to mess with the flavor of the wine. Um, yeah, and it was great having, Having that, you know, Perth, Perth's really jumped back into into these events and things like that. So having people travel from interstate was fantastic. And they, you know, running into you at the Pork Stars event was unbelievable. And just seeing how much of a buzz there was in Perth um, with them opening up to, you know, the rest of the country with open arms. So they they were really happy to see everyone Um come from from a from from interstate they love it bar and grill has really been your world for for many years now but now you're sort of um overseeing other cuisines and other restaurants what, what are the challenges involved in in your role well one i don't really know much about japanese food at all so uh <laughs> working at sake i kind of pronounce some of the the words that they you know use for for the sauces and for for the cooking techniques so yeah it's not really um it's, it's not really my, my strength, um, but, you know, it, it's more about leading people and letting them know, um, you know, while they're valuable and, and tasting the food and, you know, just sort of coming through and asking why the fridge temp's a bit high on there and what have you done about it, um, you know, telling them to, to clean this little part a bit better or, you know, asking them why their food cost has blown out for one thing and costing up dishes. So, you know, it's just, it's just managing but on a, on a different level. Um, but yeah, we are. We also doing some other stuff down in Saki too. I'm, I'm, I know my way around a barbecue and some some hot coals, and they have some beautiful rabatas in all the Saki restaurants. So we're gonna we're gonna roll out a few different um, rabata techniques and, and and cooking over fire, which I actually yeah, have a bit of expertise on. So I've been working with the the head chef that that looks after all the Sakis um, pretty closely over the last few weeks, and we're. We're going to roll out some new things there. So it's been exciting for me because it is some stuff I don't know about. So, you know, 26 years into my career, I'm still learning stuff, you know, and, and, and it's, it's great. And you never stop learning. 
Um, no matter what you do, you think you might have you know done it all, but you there's always a chance to learn about something, and you know, it's, it's a nice nice feeling to sort of wake up with that. I don't know what I'm doing here, and then working your way through it over a few days. So it's been good. The other night when I bumped into you in, in Perth at the Porkstar event, you mentioned that you'd elevated a chef that had been to been at Sake for, for a long time. Can you tell us about uh, the chef and the role that they now have? Yeah, Shim, Shimpei was one of the – he was a young young chef that started when Sake first opened, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and he, he's gone overseas. He's worked in some other places. He's gone back to Japan. Um, he's worked at a few sort of, you know, notable restaurants around the world. And he found his way back to Saki and um, he went down to Melbourne to set up one of the restaurants down there. And now he's, um, he's come back to Sydney. He's a Sydney boy, but he's, um, now he's overseeing all of them, um, which has, you know, happened in the last month or so. So, yeah, he's sort of gone full circle and it's great because um, he's, you know, very, very, very steeped in the traditions of that restaurant and, um, you know, he wants to sort of really see it elevated a, a little bit higher and, yeah, it's been it's been a really good feel, you know, it's a feel-good story for him. So I'm really proud of, of what he's done and, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with him a lot closer. The last couple of years have made many rethink the way they approach the art of hospitality and you find yourself in a role overseeing many different venues now and, and trying to steer that direction as well. Do, do you see um, a difference in hospitality and an opportunity for um, for change and, and something better moving forward? Well, I think uh, people have to be smarter now about um, the way that, that everything happens in the labour costs for the industry have gone up, which I, I, it's been a great thing because chefs and, and, and front of house staff for years have been, I'm not going to say underpaid, but it's been um, good now that there's more value in the market for them. And, you know, chefs, every chef I know is almost, you know, got a little a bump in their salary and, and it's more of a, they're in more demand. Um, so, you know, labor costs have gone, gone up. Produce costs have gone up. Um, Almost every supplier I've known sort of has has had to increase their prices because of you know freight is costing more, petrol's costing more. So you know that that inflation word that we keep hearing about in the you know in the news and stuff that that's happening. So you either pass all of those prices on to the consumer, which which a lot of people have had to do, or you know you have to be a little bit smarter with your menu and smarter with your ordering. Um, you know, you have to be portion sizing has to be a lot more accurate. So it's harder, it's harder than ever for, for restaurateurs and for restaurants to, to get those margins, um, you know, and then the, you know, you don't want to be that person that prices yourself out of the market as well. So it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act. And so restaurants have to, have to adjust to that style and then adjust to the, Maybe I won't have that staff member because I just can't have them because they're not they don't exist. Um, you know, you see that a lot with front of house and having to lose, you know, sommeliers and and you know lose hosts and lose you know just just the elements of restaurants that you always assumed would always be there. They don't have them now just because they can't find someone to fill that role. What's inspiring you at the moment, and and what are you loving about this new role that you have? Um, yeah, as I said, the, like learning different different parts, and um, you know, getting getting to see everyone, and and 
just seeing a whole bunch of different kitchens and, and giving my opinions on and, and, and lending my experience that I have helping them, uh, you know, overcome little situations that they might have or, you know, I've got a bit of a, a, a bit of a calmer head on me nowadays and in elements sort of that, that might stress people out, I can, I can sort of manage them through that and say, well, it's not the end of the world. And if you do this and this and this, and I've seen this happen before and, um, you know, they, I think it's reassuring for a lot of younger staff to hear that coming. And when I'm talking younger staff, you know, I'm talking people that have been in the industry for, you know, 10, 15 years and they might have just been given a, you know, a head chef's role or a sous chef's role or they're in that first position where they're really managing or having to write a menu or having to, you know, do rostering and things like that. And they, they might find it overwhelming to start having to have paperwork on top of their mise en place and, and getting their sections ready and just sort of navigating them through how you do that. Um, I, I find uh, really fulfilling and, and really rewarding for me personally, you know, it's just mentoring someone into that new role and into that position and telling them that they're not the first person to go through it. And, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it is, and I'm not going to say it's not difficult because it is, and it's, it's when you make that first transition to managing any part of the kitchen, um, you know, it is difficult, it is difficult, difficult. And especially when you're trying to manage people that you might be at the pub with and, hanging out with them and, you know, you, you're, you're their mate one second, the next second you're having to give them a wrap around the knuckles for, for not doing something. So managing that, every, a lot of the younger generation, um, them learning how to, to deal with that, um, I'd like to give them just some words of advice from a from an old head now. <laughs> I think we've got you on record as saying uh, that Spice Temple is your favourite restaurant. What's it like now in the role that you're in? You've had a long um, working relationship and friendship with Andy Evans. Is it, what's it like now in the role and working with him? Oh, he's like <laughs> anyone that knows Andy Evans. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about that guy ever. Like everyone loves Andy Evans. You know, he's one of the most brilliant cooks in the country for knowing Asian, you know, knowing regional sort of Chinese food. And, um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I, I used to, to, Andy, when I first took the role uh, as the, the head chef of, of Rock Pool Bar and Grill in Sydney, Andy helped me immensely with um, dealing with sort of certain things and, and, and guiding me through because, you know, he's got a couple of years on me, Andy, and, you know, he's always been, been you know, such a, a level head and, you know, he's not as emotional as I am. So Andy was, you know, the, one of the most fantastic chefs I've pretty much ever been around. And, yeah, we've, we've sort of still got a, Good relationship. He has a he has a little mug that if I go down there at sort of eight eight thirty nine o'clock at night, he's got a little mug that he fills up with beer at the end of the night, and that's when you know he's had a, he's he's done. He's like, yep, had a good night now, and he fills his mug up with uh, beer, and it's, it's a crappy old coffee mug. You know, I think it's tin. <laughs> and he, he goes out and pours himself a rashes in the bar, and uh, and that's when you know that Andy's had a good good night and he's ready. So, um, yeah, I love, love going down and seeing him have that beer with his big smile on his face. Well, Corey, uh, as ever, it's, it's great to catch up and, and good to see you recently as well. Good luck with the new role and um, please keep in touch. We'll catch up again soon. Yeah, I can't wait to come down to Canberra, mate, and see all this stuff you're doing with, um, with this market. I'm very, very excited to come down and see it. As you know, my kids think Canberra is the best place in, in Australia. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> 
because it has Questacon. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, mate. Have a great day. All right. See ya. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.